You have been led to believe that everything you have experienced isn't real. That there's an explanation. But what if they're wrong? What if something has reached out to you from beyond? Let me tell your true stories. Let me tell them. Until they all believe. Hello, and welcome back, everyone, to your Patreon-only bonus episode of Shadow Files, Episode 3. I have titled this story, Screams in the Forest. This is a frightening encounter between a human and what our writer believed to be a Bigfoot, a Sasquatch, whatever you want to call it. The writer does not want to be identified. However, he allowed for the location to remain in the story. People are seeing this creature worldwide, and yet we have no direct evidence like a body or a clear picture of one yet. Does this mean they don't exist? No, it doesn't mean that. I think it will happen one day. Although there is physical evidence of hair samples gathered by Navajo Park Rangers, it was tested and the results came out as nothing else on Earth. Like there's nothing else that compares to this on our planet. So there's that. And for me, that says something. It's something we may want to pay attention to. I, for one, think there may be something to these stories, especially in the deep forests. There are a lot of places to hide and exist without much, if any, human contact or interaction. I do think it's possible that something is out there. I do know that with this particular legend, there are a lot of fake stories, for many reasons, money being a big one. Fame. Some people try to pull off hoaxes, but just like with ghost stories, even if a small percent are true, then that makes it worth listening to. We cannot discount every story we hear is fake. I think it's best to just hear the story. I don't know if any of you have seen Season 3, Episode 5 of Unsolved Mysteries, titled Paranormal Rangers, but I heartily encourage you to watch it. It features park rangers and their stories from the Navajo Nation, and they are fascinating. I would love to interview these guys just to hear more of what they have encountered. Anyway, this story, once again, raises some familiar questions about what these hunters encountered and what it is, what it is that watches us from the forest. Let's get into Screams in the Forest. Hi, my name is Randy. I am from Pennsylvania and I'm an avid hunter. I'm 48 years old and I have hunted the Southwest and Northwest forests of Pennsylvania my entire life. Being in the forest is like home to me. Taking meat home is a bonus. My hunting camp is located in the Allegheny National Forest. This camp has been in my family for decades. It was a private rental lodge many years ago. From what I understand, people went there to cross-country ski. It sleeps up to 30 people. My father inherited it from his father, and when he handed it down to me in 2008, I made it into a hunting club for family and friends. 
We all pay monthly dues and schedule our hunting stays and maintenance stays using an online calendar. It's really the perfect setup. We have a maintenance journal and a visitation journal that must be signed for each stay and include whatever work was done or whatever animal or animals have been harvested and or spotted during the stay. This is a great tradition as we all get to read what has been going on at camp when we're not there. During the fall deer season of 2010, I was reading the previous entry made by my Uncle Jax. He wrote, and I quote, screaming in the forest, possible predator kill, Everyone be careful, Tuesday evening, November 30th, 2010. Now, I know there are predators in the forest. That is nothing new. But the reason he wrote it in the journal became more obvious when I continued to read. He went on to write, Same screaming in the forest. Exactly the same. At around the same time the following night. And a few times during the night. This is what made this unusual. The same sound at the same time the following night. And then to go on during the night. Strange. My uncle had been at camp Sunday through Thursday. And I arrived Friday and was staying for a week. I expected other arrivals on Saturday. But I would be alone tonight and I cherished that peace and solitude. That's screaming though. It was a curious thing. My uncle is familiar with the sounds up here at night. This time of year, you can hear the elk bugling, usually in the evening, a very distinctive sound. I'm guessing maybe he heard an elk bugling, and maybe it just sounded different this time. Anyway, later that evening, as if on schedule, I heard the scream, and my uncle was right. This sounded horrific, like someone being murdered. I ran to the back porch to hear it clearer, and outside it was so primal. This absolutely was not an elk. And when the scream subsided, I heard something else. A deep, low rumble. Almost inaudible, but it was there. And if you Google turkey drumming, you will get an idea of what this sounded like. But for this to be a turkey... It would have to have been a 20 foot tall turkey. This was unlike anything I have heard before in these woods. And somehow it felt threatening. I just stood there listening. But it continued to just to stay quiet like for now. I was awoke later that night by more screams. This time it was like there were two of them. And they were competing for the loudest scream. What the hell was that? I decided to investigate, though not entirely safe to go into the forest alone at night. I felt confident that I knew the surrounding area well enough to be safe. I headed towards the screams. Then they fell silent. So I stopped moving and just listened. Nothing. And I mean, there were no sounds, no owls, no rustling leaves, nothing. I decided to head back when I heard low grunting sounds. Those of you not familiar with the area or wildlife, grunting in the forest at night is not good. It very well could be a bear. 
I lit up the area around me with my ridiculously bright flashlight, and I saw nothing unusual. At the very least, there was no bear near enough that I could see. I went back to camp and went to bed. I documented everything in the journal the next morning. Unfortunately, I did not have a cell phone back then, and the only way to get a call out would be to go into town. I wanted someone to bring up a recorder so that we could save the screaming sounds. And as luck would have it, I was too late to reach anyone before they left home. Later that day, after everyone arrived, we were all so focused on trying to find out what this creature was, and we were supposed to be deer hunting. We devised a plan, and we were determined to find out what this was. There were eight of us total. Three would be stationed in the surrounding tree stands. One on each side of the house, rooftop with spotlights. And three men in the woods at a pre-planned location with their own spotlights, whistles, walkie-talkies, and, of course, we were all armed. After nightfall, and about an hour before I heard the screams the night before, we all headed out to our assigned location, radio silent, unless we heard or saw something. We had been waiting for a little over an hour when the first scream happened. It was near one of our guys on foot. His name was Clark. He reported that it was very close and that there was movement in a nearby laurel thicket and he was heading in. It was about 15 to 20 minutes later and we heard another scream. And then a man scream. And then after a long silence, there was a loud running towards us. We lit up the forest with our lights and it was Clark. And Clark was terrified. He said that he saw something but refused to tell it what it was. He was angry and unconsolable. After a while, he said we needed to leave here. He said he didn't give a shit what any of us thought about what he was going to say, but that he would never come back here again. He said he saw a Bigfoot, a fucking Sasquatch. None of us laughed. We just stared at him, glancing now and then at each other. We had all joked about Bigfoot many times, many, many times, but none of us had ever really put any rational thought to it. None of us believed it. He clearly had seen something that put a terrible fear into him. I said, hey, hey Clark, are you sure it wasn't a bear? Lots of bear up here and it's been real warm. He looked at me as if I had slapped him. Bear? A bear? Are you fucking kidding me? You don't think I would know a bear? That thing was no bear. There aren't bear that tall around here. No, no, no. You just leave me alone here for a minute. And with that, he went back to the back room and stayed there for quite some time. We all left him alone. We quietly discussed what was happening. And we mostly all agreed that it was just probably a large black bear. That his imagination maybe got the better of him. 
And once panic sets in, there's no turning back. Panic is a dangerous thing and can easily get you killed. Yeah, it was a black bear, we thought, but not so confidently. He came back out much calmer. He had packed his gear. He set it down and then said, I'm going to tell this story one time and one time only. And I don't care who here believes me or not. And if anyone ever tells a soul about it, I'll deny it. I swear to God, I will deny it. And he slammed his fist on the table. So he sat at the table and began his story. He started with, I was on foot at the outer edge of camp. I was just sitting there and seriously not expecting anything to even happen. And then I heard the scream. And it was close. I froze to listen for any walking sounds. And then I heard something in the thicket next to me. That's when I told you guys I was heading into it. I struggled to get through it. My gear kept getting stuck on branches. And then finally, I cleared to the other side. Never seeing anything in the thicket, I had decided that the sound was an elk. And it definitely was kind of similar to an elk, but, but not. Anyway, as I was standing up from my crawl through the thicket, I heard a breath. Like a release of air, an exhale. And it was close. I swear to you, I could smell the breath. I can't even tell you guys how hard my heart was pounding. And how I was feeling lightheaded. I don't know, maybe from the adrenaline telling me I was in danger. Everything was in slow motion. I turned slowly back towards the thicket I had just crawled out from. And standing, not even a few feet from me, was this giant figure. I'm six foot three, and this thing towered over me. I had to crane my neck to look up at its face. My face was at the level of what would be its abdomen. Anyway, I looked up into its face, and it had its eyes closed and was very still. Like, like it was hiding from me. And I swear, guys, if it hadn't exhaled, I wouldn't even have known it was there. I made some kind of sound when I saw its face. And that's when it opened its eyes. That, and I had my headlamp on. And it looked directly into my eyes. That's when I realized I had never picked up my gear from crawling through the thicket. My gun was now laying behind this beast. I could smell its fur, stinking like piss and sweat. It smelled like the most wild thing you can ever imagine. This next part, I nearly didn't tell you guys about. For some reason, it's embarrassing. But after cooling down in the back room, I think it's probably a very important part of the story. When we had initial eye contact, I must have been slowly stepping backwards because I found myself much further back from it than when I first saw it. So I'm just going to say it. 
Its penis was engorged. It had a fucking heart on. And that's when it screamed. It had teeth like us, except for two very large pointed canines that I got to see as it screamed. That's when I ran. But it never gave chase. It ran the opposite way. So I just want to say that I think you said you heard two of them last night. I think it's some kind of mating ritual. I don't know. This is so fucked. I'm done with this. Seeing it instantly changed my mind about shooting it or capturing it. Something about that thing just makes me want to forget it. Like it should stay a secret. Then he just sat there, facing his hands, his eyes near tears. His body was shuddering now and again. I said to him, Clark, okay, we believe you, don't we guys? A few mumbled yes and some heads nodded. And, and the truth is, I think we did believe him. Clark never came back to camp and we kept our word. At least as far as I know, nobody talked, but you know how that goes, especially after a few beers. The irony is that even if someone did talk, apparently nobody believed it. So a couple of the guys started hunting this thing every year. But after that one experience, we never heard it or seen it again. Likely it felt exposed in that area and moved on. Or if Clark was right, maybe it was a mating ritual and maybe it and its mate moved to a more secluded area. I'm sure I'll never know. What I do know is that we all heard that thing. One of us saw it and literally changed his entire life after the experience. A lifelong hunter suddenly wouldn't go into the forest. In fact, we had to go retrieve his gun and backpack the next day because he left it. He left it out in the woods without a care, and he didn't even want them back. I wrote this because people laugh at Bigfoot stories. They think people that see it are crazy or want attention. I wrote this because it's true, and I felt like I finally had a place this story belonged rather than it living alone in my head all these years. A place where others can hear about it and maybe be a little more aware of their surroundings in the forest in northern Pennsylvania. And I pray nobody else hears those screams in the dark. Thanks for reading my story. Stay safe out there. Holy moly, Randy. What an absolutely incredible experience. I was hoping to hear some Bigfoot stories on here. I just didn't expect it to be so close to home. I have been to Allegheny Forest many times. I will certainly be more alert to what I'm seeing or hearing up there. That's for sure. So yeah, let's just say it. The engorged penis would certainly indicate a sexual activity. That, and like Clark said, you heard two of them the night before. Wow. The screaming must be like a mating call. What, what a terrific experience. Thanks so much again for sharing this. If you've had a Bigfoot encounter or any paranormal experience, please send me your story at mytruestory at myyahoo.com. Thanks for spending your time with me today. 
And thanks so much for subscribing to the show. Your support means the world to me. As always, peace and love to you all. Bye for now. Thanks for being here today. I hope to see you next time on Paranormal and Supernatural True Stories. Will your experience be the next one I tell? Send all communications and stories to mytruestory at myyahoo.com. In the meantime, leave the lights on.